0: word because otherwise you might get the impression that this book is just for Timothy and by extension just for pastors and I know I know I said this before when we started this sermon series but but today especially it seems like the Apostle Paul gives to Timothy a bunch of things that only pastors do he says to to Timothy guard the good deposit he tells him to, to speak the word without shame and without embarrassment and, and to guard the faith that has been passed on to him. And as you read that, you might actually get the impression that this isn't for me, that this is the New Testament within the New Testament, and this New Testament is just for pastors. And so you've got to read the book all the way to the end, to the very last word. Because the way the Apostle Paul starts the book is he says this. He says in 2 Timothy, To Timothy, my dear son. But if you read the book all the way to the end, you'll hear the Apostle Paul say this. Grace be with you all. Do you see how significant that is? It's as if he's writing just to Timothy, but suddenly at the end he's writing to more than just Timothy. He's writing to me and to you. And so I want you to know without a doubt that the truths and the gospel that is in this book is not just for Timothy, and it's not just for pastors, but it is for each one of you, truths like we're gonna to hear today. That God has given to us a spirit of power, and a spirit of love that once redeemed the world, and a spirit of self-discipline that the world simply cannot understand. And so listen, listen to this section from Second Timothy that he wrote. To Timothy, to me, and all pastors by extension, but also to you all. Here's what he writes. It's on page 12 in your bulletin if you'd like to follow along. I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience. As night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I might be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord, or ashamed of me as prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed because I know whom I believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him for that day. What you have heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching. With faith and love in Christ Jesus, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, you have given to each person here today incredible gifts for ministry and to serve this world. Don't let anyone, no bully, no naysayer, stop us from using those gifts with love and with power and with self-discipline. In your name we pray, amen. I'm not usually one for Pinterest, (laughs) I'm really not, and I'm actually not someone who's into cats, (laughs) and so I'm embarrassed to admit that this last week I was on Pinterest (laughs) looking at pictures of cats. But there was a picture on Pinterest that really caught my eye. It was very powerful. There was a lion in one side and the lion's mouth was opened wide very powerfully. Its teeth were brown and it, its eyes were slightly closed as if it was ready to attack and, and to maim and, and to get its prey. And on the other side of that image, there was a Bengal tiger. Same, same pose, the the, lion, the, the tiger's mouth was wide open. You could see the teeth that needed to be brushed. And it, it was a, a, an image of power incredible power. But then, underneath those two cats, we could say, was a little kitten. And it had a smirk on its face, and it was practicing its roar. And it was an amazing image for me because there was power juxtaposed with incredible weakness. And it was amazing to me too because it was on Pinterest and it was an image of cats, and I'm a dog person. (laughs) Timothy thought of himself as a kitten. I'm serious when I say that. He thought of himself as a kitten, and the Apostle Paul was always there for them to to clear out just a little bit of space for people who would bully poor Timothy. He wrote to the Corinthians once. He said, When Timothy comes, see to it that he has nothing to fear while he was with you. And then he writes in 1 Timothy, the Apostle Paul he lifts his pen, clearing out space for Timothy, giving him power. He says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. And we could go on. You know, the Apostle Paul's actually going to give him health advice because apparently Timothy had ulcers or something like that from all the stress that these bullies were causing him. And, and so Paul tells him: just drink a little bit of wine. Not so much water, Timothy. In Timothy. At his core, he was, he was a passive man. He was non-confrontational. He, he let people push him around. And some commentators actually said about him that you would better be called timid. Do you know what happens to people who are timid and fearful when the bullies come around? It's sort of the same thing when somebody's out on New York streets driving and they're a timid driver. You know what happens to them? Resignation. That's what happens. Resignation. They pull back into their shells and they don't use their gifts that God has given. And so when these bullies came around in Ephesus, The Apostle Paul first tries to deal with it in 1 Timothy, and we already saw that. He tries to give Timothy the right words and the right faith to deal with these people, but Timothy wasn't strong enough, and now the Apostle Paul is about to die, and he can't clear out space for Timothy anymore, and so he's got to give his last words of power to Timothy. Timothy. And he gives him 2 Timothy. Everything here in 2 Timothy. See, here's the thing about Timothy. He was playing the part of a kitten. Or maybe we could say it better, he was playing the part of a chicken. Or maybe we could say that he, would, he was playing the part of a, of a turtle. You know, you be the judge of what animal he was becoming. The fact of the matter is, was Timothy was pulling back, and he wasn't using his spiritual gifts for ministry. You remember when American Idol first came on the air back in the nineteen nineties? Remember that? It was a, a a mega hit here in the United States, and what did it run for? Like twenty years. And, and over the years, the commentators on the show, the judges became very soft and very nice. But at the beginning of the show, it was a hit. It was a sensation. You remember why? Because of Simon Cowell. Because of Simon Cowell. And the show produced many pop culture icons that we have today. It still has an influence, like... Kelly Clarkson, whenever you hear her on the radio, or Carrie Underwood, whenever you see her kick off Sunday Night Football, or when you hear her sing Jesus Take the Wheel, it had a big influence in our culture. And it lifted people up. But have you ever considered the cost of Simon Cowell being a bully on the show? I wonder, I honestly wonder how many nameless young women will never ever sing another solo in church because Simon Cowell said, listening to you is like inventing a new form of torture. I wonder how many young men, I wonder how many young men no longer step forward and are bold and audacious in life because Simon Cowell said, you know, listening to you is like going to the dentist, sitting in that chair for 3 hours with no anesthesia. Have you ever thought about the cost of bullies in this life? And maybe maybe honestly maybe you never had a Simon Cowell moment with somebody. But maybe in the back of your mind you thought there's Simon Cowell's out there, and fear gripped you so you didn't step forward to use the gifts that God gives. And maybe you think there's no cost to that, the fact that you just hold back and you don't live life powerfully and lovingly and with great self-discipline. Maybe you think that there's no cost, but here's the truth. God made you. And God redeemed you with the blood of His own Son. And He lavished each of you with unique and incredible gifts. And when you bury them, you know who hurts the most? God does. I think He cries because you're not being who He taught you and He made you to be. Enter in the Apostle Paul. Enter in the Apostle Paul and he just won't have it. And what he does, it's very interesting what he does, is he simply preaches the Gospel to Timothy. We've been saying all along that the Gospel is essential. If we want to pray... Big prayers, the gospel is essential, we've said. If we want to learn to flee from money, we've learned that the gospel is essential. And the gospel is absolutely essential if we want to do what the Apostle Paul says to do today, fanning into flame spiritual gifts. So when the Apostle Paul starts piling up gospel words in verses 8 and 9, these are not just empty words. He wants the Timothy to know without a doubt how huge he is to God. And he is huge. The fact of the matter is that God had set Timothy apart since before time. He had purposed Timothy since before the creation of the world, before he had done one thing good or bad, the Apostle Paul says, and then he sent his own son Jesus in time to set Timothy apart by his own blood so that he would live up to God's full potential. And only recently, God had done something else for Timothy. He had raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And and Paul says he destroyed death and he brought to life immortality. I want you to understand what that means. That means Timothy was better than Batman. That means Timothy was better than Superman because nobody, nobody could kill him. Not even the bullies. So what's essential to verse 7 then is verses 8 and 9. And all of those gospel words, what's foundational to all of this is the gospel. So that the Apostle Paul could write to Timothy, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. He says, Timothy, this is who you are. You are powerful. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. Timothy, you are powerful. You are Batman. He says, Timothy, I want to make sure that you don't use that power to discriminate or to criticize, or to tear down. So he says, Timothy, you are also loving. The same love that redeemed the world by Jesus' cross now lives in you. And he says, Timothy, you're also self-disciplined. Timothy, you don't have to stay up late watching TV at night or eating wrongly or badly or, or just plain not getting up on time in the morning because, Timothy, God has given to you a spirit of self-discipline that the world just simply cannot understand. You are a person that can say no to the wrong things and yes to the right things. And do you see what the Apostle Paul did in one file swoop of his pen? He replaced fear with power and with love that redeemed the world and with the power to say no to the wrong things and yes to the right things. I want to say to you unequivocally this morning come out from under your rock. Come out from under your shell. Be everything that God has made you to be. Listen, maybe you don't remember it or even recognize it, but maybe there was a Simon Cowell that was a part of your life. But I want you to know that Simon Cowell doesn't go to this church, Jesus does so does his holy spirit his spirit that gives power and love and self discipline you're God's people you're not chickens you're not kittens you're not turtles that crawl into their shells you are lions and tigers and bears but you don't bite. You know that image on Pinterest of cats? That kitten has smirk on its face, and I think I know why. Because that kitten knew that it would grow up to be a lion. Amen.